Hello and welcome to TES Podagogy. I'm Helen Amas, Deputy Commissioning Editor at TES, and I'm joined today by Christine Howe, Professor Emeritus in the Faculty of Education at the University of Cambridge. We're going to be talking about group work today, which is something that Christine knows a lot about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Christine, how exactly would you define group work? Mm. It's something that, that you hear a lot about in the classroom. Many teachers are trying to incorporate it into their lessons, but how do we define it? Right, well, um, of course, group work isn't uh, restricted to the classroom. Group work happens in all walks of life, and mm -hmm. sports teams, and the workplace, and so on. But of course, it um, potentially at, at least happens in classrooms. It tends to take two forms in, um, well, at least two forms have been promoted in educational cir mm. circles. One is collaborative group work, where um, any two, three, four, five children work together on a, a task with no particular roles prescribed for any one child. Mm. The other form of group work, which has been actively promoted for quite a long time, is peer tutoring, when one child who's either given some expertise or known to have some expertise is encouraged to tutor the, the rest of the, uh, of the group. Mm -hmm. But whichever form it takes, it, the idea is that a, you know, a, a, a collection of peers work together on a particular task. Mm -hmm. I should perhaps say my research, um, we've only ever seen collaborative group work okay. in, in, in classrooms, okay. even though peer tutors tutoring has been promoted for such a long time, yeah. it's actually very rare because pr presumably it takes, it's more difficult to organise. Mm. And I mean, is there something that sets apart um, group work as it happens in the classroom from group work as it happens in other walks of life? Um, uh, yes, yes and no. I mm. mean, <laughs> you know, I define group work uh, in the terms that I've just used yeah. and uh, collaborative group work in that sense mm. can happen in all sorts of walks of life but mm. of course in the classroom when students are working on on tasks in a small group the the focus is usually on some learning outcome mm. whereas when they're you know working together in a sports team it yeah. is a different form of outcome and I think that does have quite a profound impact on uh, what takes place mm. and what's productive. Yeah, uh, one of the things that I've heard um, people who support group, group work in, in, in the classroom say is that it's a, a good way to help prepare students for working with others um, in later life in, in the workplace. I mean, do you think that that, that holds true or do you, do you think that's one of the misconceptions that exists around I think it, I think it is mm. true, yes. Yeah. I mean, workplace, um, Groups are usually involved in some kind of problem solving, and mm. therefore they're directly related to the kind of uh, you know the the cu curriculum learning mm. that is the focus in schools. And mm. uh, and yes, I mean you know I I think that is one of the potential great values of of group working classrooms that it is preparing uh, children for something that's an, an absolutely essential part of of their future lives. Yeah. And what would you say are some of the, um, the, the, prob the problems or the misunderstandings around group work then? I think the, 
the problems and the misunderstandings <laughs> are closely related. Yeah. I think um, the problems are that uh, group work doesn't always have the features that are known to support learning. Mm. The misunderstandings are uh, that non-productive group work is much more common in classrooms mm. than it uh, than, than it actually is. Oh, right, okay. And I mean, so what what then does does really successful group work look like? Okay, really successful collaborative group work. Mm. I've said already that's the yeah. kind of group work that typically takes place in classrooms, and therefore we can regard as a sort of you know natural. Uh, form of classroom group work, successful uh, classroom, uh, successful collaborative group work uh, involves all members of the group being actively involved in um, dealing with whatever problem they've been asked to um, to address. Mm. It also means uh, in that context having students with a a range of different ideas about the issue that they're working on, mm. ideas that they express during the conversation and that they try to, to resolve in a productive way. Now, actually, it doesn't matter that much whether the way in which they resolve their differences is, in fact, uh, productive, uh, is, in, you know, in fact, uh, um, taking their understanding forward there and then because what we found in our research is that the very process of negotiating ideas, giving reasons for differences of opinion and so on, will stimulate the students to think about uh, what they're saying and perhaps many weeks later it will twig. Mm. But, so that's the crucial thing, that everybody's actively engaged, there's a range of different opinions and these opinions are shared and negotiated. And how do teachers make sure that that happens in the group work tasks they're setting? A range of things. Um, certainly, um, you know, grouping children such that you will get these differences is a, a, a kind of crucial thing. And therefore, for, for, um, some educational uh, topics, not necessarily all, it's probably not a good idea to have same ability children in the, in in a particular group because you you know more likely to kind of get, get a mixture of views if you have mixed uh, ability. So that's one thing they can do. Obviously, a second thing that they need to do is to uh, design the task such that it draws the differences out, uh, and that's very important. Uh, it's, it's sort of. A, a task that lends itself to the expression of differences, a, a task that, you know, isn't too easy that they're all going to converge immediately on the on the right answer and so mm -hmm. forth. Um, and then uh, another thing that um, my colleagues in particular have, uh, have, have worked with is sort of a, a pre you know pre-group work uh, negotiation of what they call ground rules to give the whole class an idea of what productive group work looks and sounds like mm. you know that we do all express our ideas we do all you know discuss our differences without <laughs> you know we're not rude to anybody else and so on and so forth mm. if, 
even uh, going to the extent of posting these ground rules up on the wall so that the you know the, the class is aware of them every time they do group work. Mm. So all these things can happen. You know the the com- the group composition, the task they use, and preparatory ground rules. I think you know the, these are three things. Mm, all very important things. Yeah. Um, where you've got uh, mixed groupings. Um, you, you say that's a, an important thing to make group work successful. But how, how do you manage that in the sense of, um, you know, one student perhaps pulling all the weight and uh, other students maybe uh, sort of sitting back and putting their feet up a little bit? I mean, that can happen. Um, I, in my own work, I've used a few, li- you know, little strategies uh-huh. <laughs> for minimising that. For example, I've done a lot of, um, uh, of research on group work in science where the students have to sort of predict some outcome and uh, you know, sort of discuss their predictions, come to an agreed prediction, test it out using some apparatus and then interpret what takes place. Now, what I've done quite often is to get each student to write down their initial expectations, their initial predictions on cards, so that they're, they're committed to a position. And of course, the next stage in the group task is that they share their views and discuss them. And then you really can't have anyone hiding. They, you know, they're, they're publicly committed, mm. and that seems to work very well to uh, to, to avoid this the, uh, this domination. But again, going back to the ground rules as well, if you emphasise that everybody's ideas are important, mm. then I think that helps too. So. You know, again, task design and yeah. preparatory ground rules are both important. So it's kind of a setting, you know, setting yeah. it up beforehand exactly. to make sure that yeah. that's not going to happen. Um, well, so that's that's really interesting. That's the, um, you know, what we need to have good group work. What if you've set up a, a group task um, and it's not quite going according to plan? How do you know that it's it's not working? What are the sort of signals that your group task isn't working? The the signals are to monitor the dialogue mm. without doubt mm. um, and listen for the kind of things that I've been talking about. Are, is everyone contributing? Mm. Is there no one hiding under the table and, you know, sort of lack of interest? <laughs> totally. Is everyone listening to everybody else? Mm. Are different opinions being expressed? Is there an exchange of views? Mm. You know, it's these sorts of things. Mm. We developed a little checklist, which uh, you know we've used in our own research, that very, very easily adaptable to uh, to teacher usage. Mm. And you know, these the, 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 there's about sort of ten features that uh, you know, teachers could could look out for, including the ones that I've just been talking about. Mm. Uh, what's the the general research base like for group work? I mean, is this an area that's widely studied and, and widely studied in a school context? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's been studied really since the Plowden report in the late 60s started mm-hmm. promoting it. Uh, it's been studied from two perspectives, actually. Uh, firstly, you know, what are the, the characteristics of effective group work? And there's two sorts of research here. There's research that's actually, um, you know, done slightly out of class, maybe in, you know, taking the 
children in groups one by one, video recording them, looking in depth at the, the features that are important. And then a little way down the line, trying to promote these features in classrooms and f seeing whether, you know, what what works in the lab also works in the classroom. And strangely, in this particular area of research, what works in the lab does seem to be what works in the classroom. You know, there's quite a, a good transfer between the, the two contexts. So that's one thing that people look at. But the other thing that um, has been heavily researched really since the 1970s onwards is what is group work like in classrooms? Uh, is it... Uh, does it match up to these standards of excellence or is it rather different? Mm. And I have to say, for a long time, uh, the impression from that body of research was that even though uh, group work could have uh, positive implications, the kinds of group work you typically see in British schools mm. is... Uh, uh, not up to scratch. It's you know, children rarely collaborating, even when they're asked to collaborate. If they talk, the, the chat is the talk is often about what they're going to do at the end of the day. It's anything but the school task, mm. so on and so forth. So certainly, uh, in the seventies, eighties, nineties, there were descriptive studies of that kind that mm. gave that impression. Mm. I have to say, a study that I've been involved in recently suggests that I'm much more positive That's uh, good. What, what, picture. What do you think has caused that change then? Well, possibly the research and the message from research is coming through. I mean, there have been quite a few initiatives in different parts of the UK to try and promote uh, productive group work and maybe they've you know, very, very gradually having a, having an effect. Mm -hmm. But certainly, the study I've just completed, I mean, we were observing in 72 different classrooms, big-scale study, mm -hmm. whole range in socioeconomic, ethnic, you know, composition of the classes, mm -hmm. a very, very representative sample. And uh, in most classes the group work was good. I'm not saying there wasn't any variation in one or two classes that didn't even use it, mm. but well over two-thirds of the classes, they were doing, you know, group work that ranged from good to excellent. Mm. So I'm not, you know, I wouldn't say for a moment, I wouldn't want to be complacent for a moment, so I would say that it was universally wonderful, but I would challenge the message coming through from this earlier research that it's universally awful. Mm -hmm. We're at least moving in the right direction. We're moment. moving in the well. Hopefully, we're <laughs> moving. We we have moved to some extent in the right direction, and you know where there's still scope for improvement. Hopefully, uh, you know teachers will feel encouraged to you know sort of take some of this on board and take it forward. Mm. I mean, why do you think that group work is is such a sort of contentious term in a lot of ways for um, te amongst teachers. Mm -hmm. It seems to be the kind of thing that, you know, you either love it or you hate it, you're, you're really in favour of group work or you're, you're not. Um, where has that come from, do you think? Well, um, I mean, I can, I can quite, I can more easily see why teachers would feel um, 
a little negative about group work. Mm. I, I think, um, firstly, the research that I was talking about in the 70s, 80s and 90s sort of implying that, you know, even though we were already beginning to know what the features of good group work are, that, uh, you know, there was this sort of image of, of group work being pretty poor in British schools. So mm. teachers must surely think, well, you know, it's hard to do well, so why should I bother? And I think another uh, reason why teachers might feel a little bit sort of concerned about group work is there have been such colossal shifts in educational policy. Mm. We ploughed and promoted it, okay. you know, at other points in the history of the last 50 years or so. It's been actively discouraged. And I've seen articles in your magazine, I have to say, mm. written by teachers mm. who are very, very critical of group work. But on the other hand, you know, ask me why, why, why some teachers feel very positive about mm. it. I mean, you know, I, I can think of cases where um, group work is used effectively. You know, I've talked about my, uh, my own recent research in any case. Yeah. Um, and these um, school, these classrooms have had very, very fav good ratings in Ofsted inspections and so on. And they m must feel you know, they're encouraged. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised there's a mixture of views. Mm. And do you think where, where teachers um, perhaps feel negatively about group work is because they're not using group work effectively, so they're not necessarily seeing the positive effects of it and are only sort of encountering problems yes. with behaviour yeah. or with, you know, that, that sort of thing? I think, uh, I mean, it must be um, two things, really. It must be that... Um, they read these negative messages in general from mm. research <laughs> and uh, from other practitioners. And, um, you know, as we've discussed already, mm. it's not that straightforward setting up a good group task. Mm. Uh, and, you know, maybe um, some teachers just don't feel, uh, you know, that entirely sure about what needs to be done. Mm. Do you think there needs to perhaps be more training around it? Yeah, or? I would think so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what would you recommend teachers to do who want to get better at group work? Are there some sort of um, some uh, some is there some research that they should be looking to, or are there some strategies that they should be um, starting to try to employ in their classrooms to to help them to improve? Certainly look at the research. I mean, the, the one warning, well, perhaps two warnings I would want to make about the research. Firstly, studies of group work are done from quite a range of different theoretical perspectives. Mm. So if you dip into the research, you're quite likely to find, a, a, you know, a very confusing array of of terms used which actually reflect, reflect the different traditions mm. that the researchers are coming from and it quite, can be quite hard to piece everything together and realise there's actually quite a consistent message coming through from, you know, despite the terminological differences. Mm. So a little bit of warning about the, the research from that point of view and, a, a, and also to reiterate the point that I've made already that mm. 
there is this literature, which I would argue is a bit outmoded these days, that mm. gives such a, a poor impression of group work in, 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 in schools. Mm. So teachers could easily get kind of sidetracked into that. But on the other hand, you know, there, there are some very accessible publications ar- around which you know, sort of pick out the key features and um, you know, sort of would, would guide. Mm. I guess teachers need something which which summarises that key message. Those you know the the overall sort of uh, message of the research, the consistent message that's coming through, even though it appears to be um, slightly different. Yes, different, yeah, different yeah. There places. are publications like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Christine, for talking to me today. Um, hopefully, there's some in- interesting stuff there that teachers will be able to put into practice in their own classrooms. Thank you. Pleasure. <laughs>